Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. playing uh legend of zelda links awakening no. which i know is one of your like fave games it's one of my it's actually i think it's probably my favorite zelda game as well and you're in the, the, the catfish mar temple and you're just like no. man i'm struggling to get around some of these things like and then it hits you it's like oh do you know what i need to do no get the hook shot even my references are better than that Everyone here knows what it is. I'm sure I'm alone in being confused right now. I was going to say, I think the, the, the live chat in about 20 seconds time when they catch up with the, uh, the stream. We'll Do it again? That was a, get uh, my what? Uh, you, you, the hookshot is the item that you get in there. Oh, right. And so like, I'm, I was trying to you know, make a hook joke. And also he's getting a shot or he wants a yeah. shot at the world title. Is that what you've been doing all afternoon? No, no, I've been filling out three count for <laughs> tomorrow's record. Uh, but anyway, look, it said, what is Luke on about? Perfect. Welcome to the WrestleZone <laughs> podcast review of AEW Collision. I'm Luke Owen, D-A-D. That is the Professor Dan Layton. I'm back, everyone. We haven't done a podcast together in a while. Luke's been on a holiday for like a well-deserved rest for a period of time. The oil needs to be, the WD-40 needs to be on there. I, I, I'm a squeaky wheel yeah. right at the moment. We'll I, need, get there. I need some oil all over me. <laughs> I need to be baby oiled up out the wazoo. Also, you and I have not done a collision review in, mm. in quite some time as well. Well, between Deadline and the New Year and then all the rest, and then them not just not doing collision a couple of times, here we are. Yeah, you know? we're back. People thought we'd cancelled the collision review. Just loads was, going on. It was just a circumstance. But we're back with the collision mm. review. Welcome to the Rest of the Podcast. Please do press the subscribe button if you haven't already you've somehow made it this far give us a little thumbs up as well uh, and leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode if you're watching live join in the live chat that really is uh popping off about uh my great joke jokes. yep uh, luke no getting it? Uh, no Why? like uh, uh, that is one of the worst ones you've ever done no I really thought people would just appreciate it because I said a thing that people remember from the past. And that's usually like... <laughs> that's your whole gimmick. Look, if I've learned anything from Family Guy, like yeah. that's all you need to do to write a joke. Do you know, I watched The Sound of Music over the holidays. Brag. Um, for the first time ever. 
And now I understand half the jokes in Family Guy. <laughs> I'd never known it before, but yeah. And if you want your thoughts or statements read out on the air, resttalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amounts. But let's kick things off today to talk about... I, I this was a good episode of Collision. Yeah, it was. Like, I think this is your, your template good episode of Collision, mm-hmm. which is a few squash matches, a couple of longer matches in terms of like title stuff, uh, your one women's match, and like the one episode we didn't actually get to do because you were unwell and yeah. I was the only one in the office was the one that actually had, we had two, two. <laughs> two women's matches on it. And I was so disgusted with it. I was like, I'm not reviewing it. <laughs> but we had Tony our- was like, if he's not even going to review it, I'm not going to bother putting it on. <laughs> but we had our, our one customary women's yeah. match and a banging main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, with, I feel- With FCR in it. This yeah. is Collision 101. It's, it's template collision. Yeah. Like, but I don't want to call this episode template collision or- great main event because mm. i feel like that is you know putting a bit of ribena into the sea and expecting it to taste fruity like yeah. i'm not really sending out a, a new one <laughs> a, a huge message with, with that yeah. or a great talking point or anything but there was something on this show that genuinely did make me sit up and go like huh interesting i'm off twitter now great like, I'm, welcome I'm, I'm, I'm just off it like I've, I've, it's it's not only just a toxic place i'm just i'm not having fun on there so mm. i'm i'm deleted the app i'm just i'm not on there anymore so I, I I've had to go on occasionally to check my like DMs and stuff because you know I, Steve from Going in Raw was asking yeah. about something and I'm I'm setting some stuff in for Survival Series Thunderdome edition. But broadly, I'm off Twitter, so I hadn't seen any reactions to this. Mm-hmm. Show. That's the one thing I've really learned about getting off social media is I now don't know what happens on wrestling yeah, shows it is until I watch them. So usually with Collision, I've kind of got this broad idea of what happens mm-hmm. on the show on the Sunday. So when I come and watch it on the Monday, I know. And usually I just know everything that happens on Collision and, I, and then I just know when I'm watching it and I just sort of get to experience it kind of secondhand, mm-hmm. I suppose, in a way. But this was like an episode I literally went in with nothing, no knowledge of mm-hmm. anything. I'd seen a resttalk.com headline, which was um, Samoa Joe's next opponent revealed. And I was like, oh, that'll be interesting. I'll find out who that is. And blow me down. Yeah. It's Hook. Yeah. And I was genuinely shocked and taken aback by it. Like, Hook appears on screen. I'm like, okay, Hook cuts a promo. Sure, FTW, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he'll be calling out, I don't know, some lower level dude. But Samoa Joe? And I was like, oh, rad. I'm in two minds about it, which I'll I'll get onto, uh, you know, in a moment. But first off, I'm like, oh, cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I'm similar to the the Twitter thing. I've sort of tried to move away from certain areas of social media and enjoy the things that I enjoy. And and I dip my toe in now and again, like today I was in the office. So I, I opened it up to just have a little look and see, you know, what's going on. The Globes were on last night. So I was getting my camp award show fix kind of thing. Oppenheimer! Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, it, it's I I hadn't seen any of the hook thing either on social media. So even even dipping in, I didn't really see any of those sort of takes. Probably because at this point it's Monday. The show was a couple of days ago. Mm. Things work like really quickly. Um, but yeah, it, it is it is an interesting one where I kind of had a response to it and then moved on. And then when I saw that was going to be our lead, that's when I start to think about it more and start thinking more about okay, well, what impacts does that have? How what, what do I feel from it and i do think there can be a bit of a hive mind online so it's nice actually to have a show where you do go into it and just have your honest this is i all i can do is bring you my opinion yeah you know well i i think the point you made there is kind of where i'm also sort of sat with it a little bit like for me like this was like the, the one thing at the end of the episode i was like yeah i kind of want to talk about hook going for mm. the title 
but I think see, your point is is kind of what makes that so interesting is you heard that and then you moved on yeah. because it's like it's not like Hook's not been on TV. You mm-hmm. know? He won on the pay per view. He has been in a feud with Wheelie Utah over the the FTW Championship, and he is someone who has just sort of been in this sort of lower card position in AEW. But fans have been clamoring for more yeah. from Hook because Hook has this like uh, to use an NXTism intangible quality that is just like oh he's just got the gun this sort of star presence about yeah him. like he's cool and he's he's, different. he's handsome he's got a great look he's got a good energy about him even the format of this promo i really like yeah he just feels different to everyone else on a roster a roster that does feel like when no one really feels like they're the same mm. character you know that sort of criticism that people used to have about wwe 10 years ago was like well everyone just feels like the same person everyone yeah. cuts promos the same way like hook feels different to everyone on the roster but at the same time well okay so we've been clamoring for more stuff from hook mm-hmm. i want to see hook on tv more i want to see hook get into some big storylines i want to see hook move up the rankings in this men's division somewhat so then it is quite interesting that i'm watching this i'm like oh wow he's going for the world title and my first thought was like it's a bit silly yeah you know, i no, i agree but do you, do you know what i mean like I'm, as a fan i'm there going like i want more for hook like Tempest had this amazing fantasy booking thing and when Hook first debuted where it was like he should win the world title like because his point was you'll never get an opportunity like this again where right. a guy who in like one of his first ever matches on TV is the most talked about thing mm. when Hook debuted on that episode of Rampage that's when um Tempest and Pete were reviewing is sort of still in the lockdown era that is one of the most watched Rampage reviews really? we'd ever done outside of you know like CM Punk his big wrestling return yeah because it was just this like oh man this hook guy's cool and everyone was like talking about hook and so tempest made the point like put the world title on him like because i mean what be the worst that could happen and it'd be a really interesting idea yeah but like that i think that part has massively moved off of of the boil so but so i'm that's why i mean i'm in two minds i'm both excited that hook is going you know he's laying out his shot for the world title i'm like that's a really cool mini feud for Samoa joe but at the same time my other half of my brain is like i mean it feels like it's a bit soon to just throw hook into this position because he's just been like doing these lower card things with jungle boy and wheelie Utah and tagging with rvd on ecw philadelphia shows and also does this feel like a big program for samoa joe to be doing mm. even as a mini feud considering that there's the devil stuff and hangman page and swerve strickland and what's going on jay white what's going on with mjf it feels like there's these huge stories and then there's samoa joe facing hook so it's both great but also like it doesn't feel like it's the big first feud that joe should have as world champion Mm. no completely i think i think the like to to say at the beginning i think the likeliest of outcomes is this is joe's match for battle of the belts um yeah i think that's fair yeah and they're just gonna have a match it's probably that we'll we could talk about like how the match would go i would i would argue that you could uh, J- joe has the talent to allow hook to get some licks in and still look like samoa joe like i saw i did i did see one comment when i was looking around various different social medias and seeing opinions their, their comment was i wouldn't expect hook to beat samoa joe if he brought a machine gun into the ring like, <laughs> which is kind of funny but also accurate like it's yeah. samoa joe he's brand new world champion he's he's mm-hmm. gonna uh, hopefully gonna have an amazing run with this belt i don't think anyone's expecting hook to take it off him but he could still at least you know showcase why uh, to your point he is the kind of that that kind of like massive draw at the beginning of rampage i do think 
in a world, I think my issue was that in a world where there are 96 belts, there are a lot of belts in this company for a group of men who don't wear any trousers, but there's a lot of options for him, like Orange Cassidy. He already has an established storyline with Orange Cassidy. I think for him, the first step, I, I think he could be a future world champion, you know, with development and continued, you know, like, as I said, his look is is great. His style is great. I think the, the promo was great. Um, eventually you could get him there. It's just not right now. I don't think anyone thinks it's right now. No. Um, that said, you know, Brock Lesnar, who within his first six months was was champion. So there's an argument that, you know, put the world title on him immediately kind of thing. It's an interesting yeah. thing you could do at, at that point. And, like, you can always... It, it doesn't have to be long between the moment you think of them in that context and the moment they get it, if you do it right. And That's if you just it, yeah. pull the trigger in the right way. That's it. I don't, I don't think you're comparing Hook to... Or saying that they are on a similar trajectory of hook and lesnar no 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 no, no. no. I, don't, I won't say you were suggesting that but I, I agree with you and i think what this more feels like and i think this is a good thing for a world champion to have are these matches so i think back to when hangman was champion he had this dynamite match with dante martin for the world title but i think it was dante martin and it was awesome it was so good and me and ollie like said on that dynamite review was like this is what you should be doing with hangman page as world champion mm. Just having these awesome matches on TV with lower level guys that he can beat. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, you know, it's not damaging to the person to beat them because you were beaten by the world champion. And it didn't diminish Hangman Page in any sense. If anything, it's actually just trying to elevate the people that you're facing. And I think that's what you're trying to do with Hook here. It's like, let's just push him into this thing. You're right. I don't think anyone's going to go into this being like, well, Hook might have a chance here. Mm. Like, it's not even the Sami Zayn. It's that 1% chance. Yeah, no. It's not even like that. But you can go in there, Joe can just have an awesome match with Hook. And at the end of it, you're like, oh, that Hook kid, that was great. What a great showing for, for Hook. And you think of him in a slightly higher regard than you do. And that's kind of, you know, it's a great use of, of Samoa Joe. So I, I think the, the way to look at it and to placate that, oh, this doesn't feel like a big first feud for Samoa Joe is, as you point out, it's not a feud. Mm. It's more likely a Battle of the Belts match or like a collision main event or a dynamite main event or something, or even just, it doesn't have to be the main event, just a match on dynamite. That is, oh yeah, that's a really good match for Samoa Joe. Like, shows it's a good win for Samoa Joe as world champion. And in the process, elevate someone up that next level yeah. and hopefully propels them into something down the line there's a way to look strong and defeat that i think you uh, to uh, i know sometimes people hate it well this is a positive comparison i'm trying to make but sometimes people hate whatever but when jay uso had his match for the world championship on raw it was one of those things where i i sort of saw it as he's really good but he's realized that when you go for the world championship you need to up yourself you need to go to the next level like mm -hmm. when some teams from the championship end up in the premier league they might have been on top of the championship well they're now at the bottom of the premier league and it's a whole different ball game and yeah, you need yeah. to get yourself ready sort of the same thing here there's no reason that hook can't go into this match and get some licks in but ultimately he's not good enough but that does show that he's he's stepped his game up in this match enough that when he does go after a, a tnt title or a um international title that he's actually got it like that he's a you know been through that experience he's learned from it and he, this is where he's ready to showcase what he has got as a champion. Carry well because I'm sorry, it's a '90s reference, but the FTW title is garbage. <laughs> it means nothing. Um, well, it's unrecognized. Yeah. So, but, but like, it's 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 been this case where Hook has been almost just there mm. for a while. I yeah, think I even he had a match at All In, and, and good for him. And <laughs> arguably, that match is what caused shockwaves all over. But he just happened to be there. Um, 
Yeah, he's not the talks about things. No, but he, he but, like imagine Kirk's just like, oh, don't, don't look at me. I was just involved. Um, but he was the one put through the real glass. So like, <laughs> he's got an aura. He's got something. But he's kind of just been there. This could be a real opportunity to like set him up and get him going, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I agree. Like, and I, especially like, I wanted, I, I do want to talk about the actual substance of the promo itself, by which I mean the way it looked, the way it fell, the way it yeah. sounded. This and the Serena promo, I or uh, the package that I thought were both really effective in, mm-hmm. in in what they managed to get across and looked a bit different. And rather than heading backstage with Renee or or Lexi or whatever, uh, or doing a bit in the ring with Tony, which are have their spaces and are, there should be this level of diversity of production and showcase people in their way he's got this like mo- you can have the idea that like the camera crew did just catch up with him like yeah. i can conceivably in my head make the leap to go oh the camera crew were like well hang on hook is looking brooding out there should we go see if we can get anything from him and he might say no but he might say yes and in this case he said yes and delivered a promo against oh wait he's thinking about samoa joe cool it was effective it looked great it had this great energy and this great aura that adds a bit to his character that makes him stand out from someone else the the Jay Uso uh, comparison you made there, I think, is is an apt one because when Jay was going for Seth Rollins in the, the world title, I don't think anyone looked at that and it was like, oh, that's Seth Rollins' next feud. Right. That was just that was Seth Rollins' next world title match, mm. and I think that's kind of what we're looking at here with Hook. This is not Samoa Joe's first feud, and that's the thing. That's that's what I'm talking about. That other half of my brain where I was sort of in two minds. Like my first mind here was like, oh, that's exciting. My second mind is, no, oh, a feud. But yeah, I, it's not uh, really a few. This is just a, a match. Mm-hmm. It could be. I might be completely wrong on that one, but I get the impression that this is more just going to be a match for the world title designed to elevate Hook somewhat and springboard into whatever the next storyline you're looking to do with Hook is. Perhaps it is revisiting that Orange Cassidy mm. thing that you were mentioning earlier, like you know, revisiting that tag runner that you're doing. And what does that mean? But I, I really, the the key to this is that it was the thing I was thinking the most about yeah. in the show. And it was a cracking main event of this show mm. as well. I loved the FTR House of Black Magic. It was so, so great. But I, at the end of it, I was like, Hook, man. Mm. This, like, I'm so curious. Like, what does this mean for Hook? This, da, 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 da. So, yeah, I thought this was very good. And yeah, to your point, Carl was cool. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's filmed cool. He looks cool. Yeah. Just the other side of that coin, though, is also Joe, who, thinking about it, brand new world champ needs to establish what his world championship reign looks like you know mm. he's he's uh been been a world champ elsewhere uh been a, or been a top of the card champ elsewhere as well their part that part um so it's an opportunity for him to show what his world championship looks like after we've spent over a year with max yeah you know or as you say with that with the hangman stuff every every champ should show that their championship reign is going to be different than the last it's not just like i'm holding a belt where it's a prop yeah it's like this is our opportunity as well to see what samoa joe as champion is going to look like so it doesn't matter but it matters do you know it's that yeah. kind of match i i mean we've already done my my three count predictions uh, as well as my 2024 wild and wacky predictions but perhaps a more sensible prediction because um three count is just a little silly comedy show mm-hmm. right just i just try to say silly things um I think this might be the year where we're going to see the most world champions in AEW. Ah, so the title will change a lot more. Yeah, I think, you know, usually it is just maybe it changes once Mm -hmm. in a year. Obviously, 2021 was, or 2022 is a bad example of this because you had lots of interim champions. Yeah. And I don't really, but even then it was just, um, you know, uh, Moxley, well, it was Hangman, Punk, Mox, and MJF. Yeah. Obviously, Punk again. Um, in, in all of that and Mox. but like it was a bit of a confusing thing mm-hmm. i think this year we're going to see possibly three world champions 
I, a, I, I could certainly see Swerve winning the belt yeah. at some point this year. And I could certainly see Will winning the belts at mm-hmm. some point this year. I don't know if they're going to... I would love to see Swerve get the year-long run. Like, you know, some of the other world champions have had previously. Like, Kenny had that year-long run and Max had a year-long run. But I don't foresee... I, don't th- I think... I feel like this is going to be a year where we're going to see more world champions. In um, this era of wrestling long reigns appear to be de rigueur like they seem to be the thing people like and and there is a lot to be said for a long reign it gives an opportunity for the champ to look incredibly strong to make that change matter to make it worth it the other side of that coin is a title change adds a level of unpredictability a level of making everybody seem like a the guy kind of thing at the same time i think of like the best year in wwe's history being 2000 and that belt went bang 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 a whole bunch um different writers different era different time but like and, and also different approach to pro wrestling i yeah. spoke about this at world's end there's no right way to approach pro wrestling but AEW has its approach and, and it appears to not be one of constant word title change situations yeah. no pun intended um but yeah there's a there's certainly something to be said for having a year where we actually do have a showcase of oh here are the people on this level yeah. and when you are bringing in a talent on the level of will osprey you don't need to like with a hook heat him up with a an international run because it's will osprey he's already hot yeah you know, so yeah but anyway let's see what you think of this i wonder if we should do a uh, a poll of just like just uh, just gonna gauge an excitement level hmm. can we do a, a thumbs up thumbs down thumbs in the middle mm-hmm. like just those are three options just like, how excited are you for hook challenging for the world title mm. just want to gauge a sort of like you know general vibe i would put myself in the middle because i wouldn't say it like makes me go ooh, mm-hmm. but i'll watch it yeah. you know uh, like yeah, that, yeah. That, is, that right there that is a perfectly yeah. mid like you know not, i'm not saying mid but you know that's a thumbs in the middle mm. reaction to it which is like oh that's cool i'll see what happens certainly not negative no exactly yeah. thumbs down would be like oh no yeah, like, what that's stupid that's, ba- that's bad that's bad booking diddly d yeah and like thumbs up it's like hell yeah give me more hook Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag. A watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. So let's see uh, what people think on that one. But Dante Kennedy has been a member for nine months in a row. Said, finally caught you guys at the start. I think Hook is an okay choice, but I can't really think of someone else I'd want to see him face. It's sad, but true. I wonder if that's, I can't think of someone else. Uh, I want to see Joe. Yeah, face Joe, I guess. Uh, yes, uh, the, the him in that is yeah. pronouns pal. But yeah, it's it's um that's Joe. And, and that, that's the thing. I think it's this early stage where we have, what, two three months till revolution um yeah. when is revolution at the end of march or beginning uh, beginning of march so it's two months two yeah. months of revolution um so you don't need a match right now mm-hmm. like you don't need a feud right now especially when we've got some um you know as you said earlier some plate spinning yeah uh, it's it's time to set up you got a few loose ends and actually i'd love to we'll, we'll talk about them when they show up on the show but i need to know what you thought about the devil reveal and all the rest of that stuff but um with as evidence throughout the show, there are a lot of loose ends that mm. need sort of tying up or they've rather presented themselves with a bit of a smorgasbord of options. So before they start really getting into this is where we're going with with revolution, we need to, you know. Mm. Uh, EJO says, G'day, EW. Hook needs to retire the FTW Championship now that there are eight singles belts in AEW. Can we please eliminate three of them? I am not a crackpot. I uh, I have strong opinions about the belt situation, and uh, they will come up during the show. But yeah, I think there is um, the FTW title specifically is one where it's like it was cool because it was his dad's thing, and it's cool to give him an, an attitude. But I I don't think we need it. I don't think, and I don't think he needs. It. I think he's outgrown no, it. I think he's outgrown it, and it's it time well. for him to move on from just being his dad. Yep. Or, or I, his dad's son. I yeah. agree. Oh, I mean, it's funny. Me and Ollie did a, a Dynamite review show when they introduced the international championship, at, which was the, at that point called the All, All Atlantic. Atlantic Championship. And we did a show there that was called Too Many Belts, mm-hmm. and um, we got a lot of flag from that, being like, "Whoa, like there's you know, there's not that many belts. There's way more belts in this company now than when like no me like back in the day. We were like, there's too many belts in this company. Yeah, especially because they're doing this like solid partnership with NJPW that their belts are there as as well. Yeah, you know, there's, and there's, there's the Ring of Honor belt. And then there's the Ring of Honor belt, and Ring of Honor is is not just something where now and again a Ring of Honor person will pop up. They're like a regular part of all of the shows. Same and I know the, the Undisputed Kingdom. Yeah, and I know the comparison is often that like they have a Sean Ross Sapp says this a lot, they have a similar amount of belts to WWE, but like the think the difference there is what when they stick to it, which they don't, the brand split would indicate there is a 
top title, a mid-card title, a tag title, and a women's title. That's it, yeah. You know, so it's, each show has that. Whereas this one, because there is no, no firm brand split, we have all of these belts kind of, you know, every match is for a belt or for a champ at a belt. And it's like, I, I see... And wasn't Tony say recently his his opinion? And I can see why it is this. It is that a belt makes things more... like Yeah, I, I, it's an opinion I don't agree with. I don't either. But, you know, that's his that's his choice. Uh, yeah. And it's his company. So, like, but I... I yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I think there can be too many. Um, and, and so you can afford to get rid of the ones that quite literally don't mean anything exactly yeah i i think the the, the ring of honor stuff is is kind of the one that's muddied the waters the mm. most which obviously then bleeds into the the triple crown championship yep. which isn't really the triple crown championship no. it's the continental championship we'll, we'll get there but we'll, <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's you know it's sort of like a yeah i i don't agree with tony that it's uh, that belts make things feel important like story and character yeah. makes things feel important like i always remember the, the the jericho michaels feud where they took the belt off punk and because they were like well the michaels jericho feud's the hottest thing so like we should put the world title on that it's like well, if it's that hot, it didn't need the world title. Mm. Like that just shows you that you didn't need, but you felt that, oh, it's hot. We should put the world title in it. But actually it was hot without it. Mm. And you can be a hot feud without the world title. Hangman and Swerve was a feud without the world title in it, yeah. or without any titles yeah. in it. And it was one of the best feuds in AEW last year. The specter of a championship can often be the thing yeah. as well. It's, 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 you know, it doesn't have to directly be involved for me to watch FDR and House of Black and think, well, these are two tag teams who could. Yeah. Like that's know. just had a different stipulation yeah. around it. If, if FTR lose, they have to uh, rescind their families or whatever it was mm. and become members of the House of Black. Like you put other stipulations yeah. on there to make people care about things. I think the second that you make the argument that so, uh, you need a title belt to make it feel important that's when titles feel like props yes and oftentimes titles do feel like props this is like you know wwe had this problem many many moons ago it doesn't have that problem now because mm. titles really do mean something some more so than others but i think the, the titles do mean something but back in the day like 10 or so years ago titles were just props yeah just like, i mean just, they, they were just belts that lads had uh, Vince Russo is the one in WCW who kind of literally at one point stripped everybody of the belts and then gave himself the belt and all of that. Like it, it, where it, his argument was very much that the belts are props. Yeah. And well, Hogan used to make that argument yeah. as well. Like when he was in charge of TNA, sorry to cut you off, no, no, no. like when he was in charge of, of TNA, he, they, he wanted a promo. It was for this like un, unscripted show that they had that was on After Impact where he was like, you guys walking around here with fake belts like they mean something. And it's like, you know, it doesn't really mean anything. I'm like, you had a fake belt for a long time and you've actually fought in politics to keep that fake belt on you. So are they important or are they not? Yeah. And and I think that they I think that they are if used right and, and it is cyclical. Mm -hmm. It is a thing where like if the belt doesn't feel important, you can heat it back up again if it you know, whatever. You, it all the work that has been done by Gunther, for instance, to make the Intercontinental Championship feel like something will disappear if they don't do something with the way it's followed up. Max's that's what I was talking about with Max and Joe like Max's world title reign had its own stamp Joe's needs its own now mm -hmm. so when you look at all of these different things that you've got going on and you've got a belt there which has FTW and Impact font and is a, a relic from the 90s and genuinely like doesn't mean anything isn't recognized isn't sanctioned but isn't treated in a way where it feels like this renegade thing where anything goes it, it, it doesn't need to be there and all, he, yeah. he's outgrown it it's also it's, it's unrecognized but it's defended on shows um <laughs> and they do recognize it but you guys said i actually think it'd be great if hook got squashed and had a crisis with confidence which leads him to growing as a character and realizing that he wasn't as ready as he thought he was also after watching sky blue wrestle live i can die happy 
Um, I think that first point there's quite an interesting one. I think I, yeah, I get, there's sort of two ways to do that, really, isn't it? You did squash him. I also like the idea of him getting a really good match in mm. with, with Jack. Blake Whitehouse here says, one thing a lot of people are forgetting about, Joe and Taz have a ton of history together in TNA as friends and mentors and apprentice. Joe has known Hook since he was a child. This has potential to be a more personal defense for Joe. That's an interesting point. Well, this one's the most personal defense for Joe, which is quite a statement, yeah. Taz brings that up a lot. He did that a lot of World's End as well Mm. during that that world title, talking about his history with Samoa Joe. He knows Joe better than a lot of people know Joe. Mm. So that's a very good point, Blake. And username here says, in the media scrum, Joe plugged his role in a WBD movie. Suicide Squad, maybe? I think that's the game. Which is the one where he's a a monster. Uh, King Shark. Is that that one? Yeah, I think think he's the voice. Oh, wait. No, no, you're thinking of Twisted Metal. Yeah. Yeah, in Suicide Squad, he's the Shark Man. Really? Yeah, he, yeah I think he is. I think he's King Shark. The James Gunn one? No, in the uh, the video game. Oh, I see. But he's yeah, he's um in Twisted. He's the clown in Twisted Metal. Mm. Um, a name escapes me now. I never play a lot of Twisted Metal. I haven't seen the TV show either. Uh, could Joe be champ to take the belt? Uh, could Joe be champ to take the belt with him when he promotes this and woo WBD? <laughs> That's an interesting name because I think it did get renewed for another series. And also, uh, like you know. The point of being a monopoly is you get to cross promote in this way. You can like when Disney promoted Fall Guy and it was given this thing. Was it Fall? No, not Fall Guy. Fallout. Uh, no, 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 no. The uh, the one that was like a Minecraft parody. The uh, it was hyped as it. Oh, what's his name was in it? Ryan Reynolds. Um, oh, Free Guy. Free Guy. Fall Guy is a movie with uh, Ryan Gosling coming <laughs> out this year. No. Anyway, Free Guy which was originally supposed to be this big like independent movie. It was a complete IP, whatever. Mm. Then Disney released it. And because Disney had it, they shoved in a bunch of references right at the end. And it was like this thing of, look at all the things we own. Ready Player One kind of thing. So WBD, you know, while while them and AEW, it makes sense for them to cross-promote in that way, I suppose. But also, did you see that um, Tony has started giving out AEW belts to people who win sports? Has he really? With side plates. No. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a shrewd move. I mean, this is what we've been saying. It's, it's, it's smart. It's, we were talking about this without the World Heavyweight Championship mm-hmm. design. Like, cause I, well, I didn't particularly love it, but like, it was it was almost the, the perfect blend of what WWE want from mm. a belt. Or, you know, it's, it's almost like it, it felt like, um, I say it was at the time, like um, it was like a belt by committee. Yeah. Because it's the, the, big, ding, the, the, the big gold belt that mm-hmm. Triple H loves. But with the WWE branding on it, the WWE as a corporation mm-hmm. love, because that's the thing that needs to be front and center. Yeah. Because if if you give away fake ones of them to sports teams that have got the sports team stuff on the side, you need to have the WWE logo. They're big and massive. That's why yeah. the WWE, you know, Roman Reigns' title is mostly logo. It's, yeah. it's, it's more logo than it is belt. Yeah. Because you not you want to have that uh, front and center. So I think that's smart. You know, if you're going to mm-hmm. do an AEW thing with. Uh, world title yeah, with sports teams and i think there was even you a, the aw uh, logo big a render well there was a, a render of it or at least a picture of it. I, d- I don't know how legitimate this was that had the aw logo sort of more prominent with a black outline which to me made the belt look a bit uggo but made the branding even stronger that's it so this idea that you're saying of that as use it as a way to promote the movie but then also promote themselves and then woo wbd and, and it'd be it's it's brand awareness in a tv renewal year it's really smart yeah um it's just that that's not necessarily what we as wrestling fans and specifically, I suppose, the AEW fans who see AEW as that countercultural move to the big bad corporation that is WWE. They'll sort of see that as as almost a sour taste, but mm-hmm. it's also kind of necessary. It's a really interesting 
era for this company i think this year yeah i mean you know going into their fifth year mm. you know like uh, we've seen a huge change of you know in, in personnel and stuff and mm. some people who were day oneers yeah who behind the scenes who are now out and it is going to be a, a brand almost a brand new company yeah like, not a lot of companies can just keep hold of you know everyone who was there from day one was still with that day one energy the renegade spirit exactly yeah you know. well i thought mjf's um piece he wrote for the Players, Players Tribune. Tribune. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. I thought it was a really, really good piece. I I, uh, I said, people didn't understand what I meant because I didn't really elucidate very well. Um, I said it felt a bit a bit cringe. Yeah, you did. But yeah. what I meant by that was you can't, I, I liked that. You, I loved the piece. It made me feel the way, I, you can't be earnest without being a bit like, cards on my table, I'm going to be earnest. It's going to be a bit cringe. You know, when you're friends and you like say something to each other and, mm. and it's like, yeah, but now I'm going to insult you because I've said something nice and you run away. Because you can't <laughs> help it. That's what that, I, I I loved the piece in in its all of its earnestness. Yeah. Um. And it wasn't afraid to just be like putting it out there. And this is what this company means. And as a fan of wrestling, it is this company was important to so many of mm. us. And it's going to be interesting to see where it goes this year. Um. As a result of all the changes that you've mentioned, all the contracts that are coming up, the fact that it is no longer this punk renegade underground thing it's just the second major promotion you know and it's and the gulf it's between the two is still big exactly it's another multi-million dollar yeah. company you know yeah. this is it kind of we are now in a wwf versus wcw world where neither of them are the renegade mm. upstarts mm. um which wcw certainly presented themselves as and then you know sort of took the first place for a while because they're both owned, you know, they were owned by a billion dollar corporation yeah. in, in, you know, Turner. Mm. And WWF was a, a million dollar, a multi-million dollar corporation that then became a billion dollar corporation. Mm. Like ECW was the renegade upstart, but AEW ain't no ECW in terms no. of like, it, it's got good production for starters. I, <laughs> I, I can hear what wrestlers are saying when yeah. they're doing promos and that. You know, it's like, it's kind of almost TNA was the sort of, they, that was a renegade upstart mm. because like, you know, that was a company that never turned profit. Like, yeah. You know, in all of their years of existence, Distance, so it never turned profit. Mm. It's it's just an interesting dynamic, yeah. and it's and it's one that ultimately, if if we can let go of, you know, tribalism and and what was it that Copeland was saying is commitment to three letters on a on a piece of paper or whatever, yeah. we can enjoy it all kind of thing. It's just it's just fascinating yeah. to see where it's going to go. But anyway, let's get into the rest of this show. Uh, please do continue voting in the poll, letting us know what you think of uh, this thought of this show as well as we go. Sting and Darby Allen took on the Work Horsemen up first. Um, this was in North Carolina. Yeah, was it? it was only in the Carolinas. Yeah. Um, uh, so Sting Flair was there as well to get the big sort of woo. Uh, you know, was he in Charlotte specifically? I think they were in Charlotte. Are they in Charlotte? Yeah. yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, they were in Charlotte. You'll tell us if we're wrong. <laughs> and um, you know, this is said to be like it was Sting's final match mm. in the area. So it kind of sort of serves two masters. It's there to be. It's Sting's final match in, mm. let's say Charlotte, because mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it was. And secondly, it's because they've got the match on Dynamite. Mm -hmm. Like it's them versus the Don Callis family, Sting and Darby. That is. So you give them a win on TV, and they get to cut a promo 
later on. But yeah, it's fun stuff. And the crowd were like super into Sting. Yes. Um, I have a thought that I'll get into more when we do later about what we do with Sting going forward. Because mm-hmm. I think there's an opportunity to do something interesting and a bit fun. Um, but this was a really nice opener that does what it's supposed to do. Also, big men doing moonsaults is the new Canadian destroyer. Like every <laughs> single match we're going to see. And I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> Bronson Reed doing the tsunami. Do you know what I mean? Ivar doing, Ivar the doing the moonsault. moonsault. <laughs> and once it was like, whoa! And now it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be doing like, I'll, see, I'll go to an indie show now and I'll see mm. them do that as the, the spot on the, you know, to set up the. Uh, Ring the, the bell. The ding, ding, ding. They both run to the other <laughs> side. Whoever can do it first. Uh, just a confirmation. It is Charlotte. Charlotte, North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. Also, also, shout out to the person I, I did miss your name, um, where it was Sweet Tooth as the character that Samoa Joe ah. played in Twisted Perfect. Um, they then had a video package to put over the Don Callis family match mm-hmm. uh, on Dynamite. So, I mean, we might as well talk about it now because later on in the show, Flair... I'd say, I'd say Flair, Sting, and Darby Allen, but really Flair and Sting did promos while Darby, Darby Allen d- stood there having the time of his life. Darby stood there looking like the kids in the audience who dress up as Darby. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> having a really fun time. Also, like, those kids, by the way, I, I don't know, I know that, I know that they're being Darby. I see. I like Turtles. Every single time, it's, it's what, that same child. When Darby first debuted in AEW, it's what everyone said. It's like, really? oh, it's like the Turtles kid grew up. Yeah. <laughs> it is that. Um, but yeah, they were cutting this promo to put over the match Dynamite. And it was Sting essentially being like, hey, when I was here, I used to cut old school promos. So here's an old school yeah. promo. And he did an old school Sting promo. And it was like, he didn't miss a step. He was, that was awesome. It was genuinely like, oh man, I can't wait for Dynamite now. Look, for all of the uh, the flair discourse that we've had a long time ago and, and uh, is is perfectly valid and needs to be had, um, I did get a kick out of it against, I guess, the same thing against my better judgment. It's that they, they do, they, they're legends and pros. They've done this a long time. They know what they're doing. They just set up the camera, said go. And as long as you don't make any comments that we have to edit out that are tremendously uncomfortable, we can put it on the, on the air and it will be effective. Here's a little pitch. Would we consider getting the tag titles on Darby and Sting? Well, I mean, they were putting over quite heavily in this match and have been now for, for a little while. They're undefeated. They're undefeated. As a tag team. Sting has never taken a loss mm-hmm. in AEW. So the argument, I suppose, would be is what do you want Sting's final match to be? That part. And this is an interesting conversation because um, not to be 1997 Vince McMahon, but if you consider yourself a wrestling traditionalist, you're supposed to do the job on your way out. And there is no one more wrestling traditionalist, old school legend, does, does things the right way, elevates young stars in this way than Sting. However... Is Sting, with his final match in this legendary venue for him, do we want to see him do a job? Do you know what I mean? Do you want to see him lose? Or does he get a bye because he's Sting? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's that question that you need to ask. Personally, I would like to see them get the tag titles as quick as possible. I would have perhaps done it at Homecoming where he made his... Because they made this whole point of him making his return to Daily Space. When I started having this thought, I was like, ah, it's a missed opportunity. Get the titles there. Do a run with the titles. Darby can do most of the heavy lifting, you know. And then they lose the belts at um, Revolution 2. I don't know, whoever the hell you want to make. Let's, let's just say Mo. Who's Mo? That's a Simpsons joke. Oh, I see. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I forgot. You don't watch the Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm only just getting Family Guy. You know, <laughs> it's a, um, like, like, 
probably won't be Starks and Big Bill, but you could. Like, you know, if, yeah. if you wanted to keep, if Starks is sticking around and you want to take them up, who gets who gets the win over Sting that ends Sting's career? I mean, the thing we're all missing here, though, is that Sting's final match is against Flair. Like, that's, you know, that's, that's the, what we're looking at, is, which actually gives you what you want, which is Sting gets his, his, the win yeah. in, in his final match. I don't match. think I do want his win, though. You don't, you don't want I'd, I think I'd rather him. You want to see Flair win? <laughs> I don't I want to see Flair wrestle in the year 2024. Dan Layton wants to see Rick Flair beat Sting <laughs> in 2024. I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think it would be interesting. I don't want to see Flair wrestle in 2024. <laughs> I don't want to see that match. I want make I interesting to see Flair. You know, I know you can't have Flair job Sting. I'll like, I'll like uh, swerve and turn on Sting in the final match for one last dirtiest play in well, the game. I, I was going to say, you could have them win the tag belts and then Flair costs Sting the belts. Mm. And that's how you set up the Flair Sting oh, v- match. To in stop in Greensboro! Me... Don't give where me Where you and I are our matches! <laughs> <laughs> don't make good pitches for Ric Flair. Stop it. Also, I can't really... I've been trying in, in my sort of two-week break because I've only... The only... Rick Flair impressions I can do are Stinger <laughs> and the Consortium like, was me. <laughs> the only two things I can say in a Rick Flair yeah. voice. I'm trying to like, can I say other things? If turns, I may, out, it turns out I can't. I don't mean to be rude, but you, you kind of can't say those in a Rick Flair voice either. Oh, hush your <laughs> mouth. That is a perfect Rick Flair stinger. <laughs> stinger. Anyway, up next uh, for the Continental Championship, mm. Trent versus Eddie Kingston. I think Ollie made this point on the Dynamite review, which I do agree with, is that the the C2 was stacked with big names. Mm. And now Eddie Kingston's won it. He's all off against Trent. Yeah. And that's nothing against Trent. Because nope. Trent's great. Yep. But it this and did feels, a really good job in this match, by the way. It, this match was awesome. And and to and to get an injury like that with a load of blood in your eye for half the match is, oh. to fight through that is actually really impressive. So, match was good for Trent. Awesome. Yeah. Love, love, love this match. But it didn't feel like the big hot banging follow-up to the to the C2 that had Brian Danielson and John Moxley. And that and, match, that final oh, match. Oh, the final match at you know, World's End and stuff. Also, I do have slight issue with the Continental Championship. Because he's because he is, but the whole point of this was to be the modern day American Triple Crown champion. So why not just have him announced as the modern day triple crown champion? Yeah. Unless, of course. He is still just defending all three of these belts separately, in which case it is sort of a triple crown. He is a triple crown champion, but it is not a it's not a triple crown thingio. I just think that they muddied the water somewhat with the, the, they did. the C2 here. Um, I have to defer to your great knowledge on this, because I uh, the triple crown championship that it's pointing to, like the original AJPW one, mm-hmm. um, was that three separate belts or one yes. single belt that combined all three and then the it other was, two went it away? Was, three several belts but it then was just you are the triple crown champion and would those belts be lost individually or did they just all become the one belt i i unfortunately i'm okay I'm unsure because i wasn't sure I, I agree with you that it and and it's a don't get me wrong it's a cool visual for someone to be holding a load of belts kenny omega as the belt collector was sick but also if it's if everyone's doing it and and it's a secondary title for two secondaries and one of them is whatever and it, it does muddy the water somewhat i also think it was if you're going to have this many belts, I would like them at least to have their own personality. You know, when like the hardcore belt would be defended, it's in the hardcore rules. So it's, we know we're going to have a little silly hardcore match and that's going to be fun kind of thing. You have an opportunity with the C2 belt. Why wasn't this defended under C2 rules where it's like a 20 minute time limit? Not, nice. You know, points and whatever. Yeah, no, but they like came that. out to a 60 minute time limit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's just a belt. Yeah. 
I kind of, for me, it's a little bit like, win, sorry, Americans, winning the FA Cup and then having them defend the FA Cup in the next match, even though it's a Premier League match, and yeah. then they've lost it, and then they've lost the FA Cup. And it's like, no, but that's not how the tournament system works. If this is going to be a belt that's defended rather than a triple crown statement or you are the continental crown champion for the whole year, like the Owen or whatever, which, you know, those disappear two weeks after the yep. tournament's finished, at least have it have its own identity. At least have it be something that's defended in its with its own rules that make it feel distinct and make it feel separate. And maybe having Eddie as your opportunity to have it as one way, yeah, they go a little bit harder. They fight a little bit more. They mm. like there is a bit more blood. You know, I'm not one to, I'm not one to advocate for blood and guts in wrestling. I don't really love blood, but it did look cool in it. Well that's, that's I was about to say, like when Eddie chopped Trent right in the yeah. face and, and Trent came up with blood pouring down it, I then wrote Rad Yeah, because, and, and it's like as I am a guy that's just like I think blood makes wrestling better. Yeah, I mean, the 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 uh, opposite side to that coin is like, you want to be safe in the ring. This was a complete accident. Eddie didn't, I'm sure, specifically try and break his nose and, and was, I'm sure, very apologetic in the, in the in the backstage area. But like, you know, fighting in a strong style that brings up all the welts on your chest and maybe, you know, you've got some belt scars to show mm -hmm. it or whatever creates an aura for that belt specifically. If we're going to have this many belts, give them their own identities and, and so that when they are challenging for that belt, you're like, oh, I'm excited about that match. That's yeah. going to be different to the the international title. Yes. Know? I also agree with the point you made on the World's End review mm. as well, which is that it does look like a creator wrestler belt. It really does. Yeah. Occasionally, I make good points. Not often. Uh, we also had Sue at ringside here, which kind of made Trent's comeback feel a little bit more impactful. Um, and he had a really, really good comeback in this with the blood pouring down his face. Mm. Uh, I popped massively for the back fist and brain buster near fall as yeah. well. I was, and I think the crowd thought that was the, the final moment as well. So when Trent kicked out, Eddie just picked him up and hit another brain buster mm. for the win. That was rad. Yeah, I thought great. this was a superb match. It was. Oh, any, any issues come from the championship stuff because the match itself was great. Yeah. Uh, Tony Giovanni backstage spoke with Willow and Chris Statlander. I didn't take in a lot of what they said because I was massively distracted by the fact that uh, Chris Statlander had a lizard on her shoulder. Yeah, she did. Uh, for no <laughs> discernible reason. Don't worry, though, because the entirety of this promo was 2024 is going to be my year. <laughs> and that was it. This was not an effective segment. Particularly because the following one of that is the, the hook promo. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. you know, really like it, it showed off him as a character, set up something massive. This accomplished a lot, this hook promo. And I don't think the Satlander, mm. I, you know, they were further in the Stokely thing. Yeah. But yeah. Commander and Brian Keith took on the Undisputed Kingdom for the ROH Tag Titles. It was a proving ground match. And uh, the I've written here the UK win, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, I've done the same. Go us. Yeah. Uh, a good showing for Keith and Commander. I think it's it was... A, it, if I was doing a template of a match, this would be it. Like, yeah. And I mean that in a complimentary way. It was the champs were in control, the challengers get a good comeback, then the champs remind us it was never in doubt. That, yeah. was, that was what it was. It was really fun. It was a good match. did really well. I'd like to hear your opinions on the uh, Undisputed Kingdom now. Because oh. I, yeah, you, well, you uh, weren't even on Dynamite, so like, you no, know, I know. since the reveal, I mean, I can uh, text, I can, I can tell you exactly what I thought of the the reveal yeah. because Ollie Davis messaged me as he was coming in to uh, record uh, his, you know, review, mm. being like, "What did you think?" Um, and I said to him, "Do do Scott scroll through all the gifts of, uh, yeah, Nigella Lawson that he sent." He said to me, "What did you make of the main event reveal?" And I said, "It's basically what we thought it was going to be all along." 
So it's hard to criticize logical booking. Yeah, I mean that's what I that's what it, it is. That's what exactly what it was. We all you know Plus Wardlow. <laughs> yeah, plus well even Wardlow was yeah. someone we kind of figured was part of the group mm. because of, you know, the, the Tufty hair moments. And a mm. few people who'd been there live, you know, they, they always said the people in the, the masks and the body suits were and the stuff people. Were the people doing it. It was like the bloke that walked past me was for sure Wardlow. Mm. Um so, you know, I, I look at uh Endgame. Like going into Endgame. I think we all knew that the final spoilers for Endgame. The final moment was going to be Iron Man snaps the fingers mm. and and you know they they undo everything. Mm. And the final shot of the movie is Captain America. I we don't know how, but Captain America ends up with Peggy. Mm-hmm. Like that was the, the two things I knew of that movie, having not seen the movie, were going to happen. Were going to happen. Mm. And so when they happened, I was like, well, that's logical storytelling, and you did well, and, and you did well with that. Mm. So going into the, you know, we all thought it was going to be Adam Cole and the Kingdom. That was like when we, you know, did the first episode when they uh, first attacked. It was like Adam Cole and the Kingdom makes sense. Mm. It's Adam Cole and the Kingdom. So yeah. it's hard to criticize logical storytelling. I agree. I don't think it's the most shocking reveal because it's the most logical one. Yeah. I think I've, the more I've thought about this a lot over the past couple of weeks, though. Oh, you know, certainly the last week, I guess. Um, here's the one change I would make to this group. It's not uh, Taven and Bennett and Roddy. It's the Young Bucks. Mm. It's Cole and the Bucks. Interesting. Yeah. As the group with perhaps with Wardlow, that would be my only change I would make because I also so I think someone said it on the Dynamite review or someone messaged in about it. It might have been on the World End review. Mm. I love the idea of Roddy not being a part of it and mm. Roddy spending this whole time thinking. You know, telling Adam that it's Max, only to find out that it was Adam all along, yeah. and then Roddy and Max have to tag together. I thought there's some really fun stuff you could have done with that. So that's the only change I think I would have made, mm. and I think then you would have had like a genuine, oh man, I never considered the Bucks mm. to be part of this. Yeah, and they've got history with Cole. It as would well. make sense. So it would regard, make sense. Yeah. You know, they were the undisputed elite. Mm. You know, when they, when Cole first came in, that'd be the only change I would make. But as a group. I like him. I thought the opening, you know, the promo that on Dynamite was cool. I think the the remix theme is very, very good. So thumbs up. And then I'm, this here was good as well. Yeah, thumbs up. I'm I'm excited for it. Cool. And actually, particularly going off the, the Dynamite thing, I really, really liked the like instantly Bullet Club Gold are coming after them. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were like, I you know I I love JY being like, look, I really like what you guys did, so Max, but I didn't really like being collateral damage in this. So now I've got a problem with you. Yeah. And the acclaimed having a problem as well. And it's feeling like, oh man, like there's this huge sort of faction warfare that's now going on and we don't even know where Max fits into it. Well, all I was going to say, this. given that his contract has expired and he's no longer on the roster page, <laughs> they've got to find challenges somewhere. But he's entry number 30 in the Rumble. That's what <laughs> I um, so I like that. And we had that here with the Bullet Club goal being interviewed and, uh, you know, to talk about uh, the devil and whatnot. And all of a sudden, the acclaimed walk in. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like, and so all of a sudden, the acclaimed are like, we've got a common enemy now. And the way to get ahead in this place is to be a part be of a, a big faction. faction. So maybe we could join forces. You've got Billy Gunn there with the, you know, Colton and Austin. Mm-hmm. Austin at the end of this, you know, Bullet Club walk off. He's like, it does make sense. Mm. I think there's some really cool, like, moving pieces in here. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was definitely one that raised my eyebrow a little mm. bit at the end of this. Adam Copeland came out for a promo um, saying that he's going to get an automatic rematch. Uh, I hate automatic rematches. Yeah. Always have, always will. So instead, he's like, Do you know what? 
I am still going to climb the ladder and show that I, uh, I, I, you know, I should be getting that uh, another TNT title match with Christian Cage. So I'm laying out an open challenge. Anyone can come out and answer this. And out comes Maria Kanellis, mm. who seemingly is unbothered by what her husband is doing with uh, the Undisputed Kingdom. Mm. And she's there with Griff Garrison and Cole Carter, who I'm reliably informed are doing stuff in Ring of Honor. It's like when uh, Renee Paquette was on commentary while Dean Ambrose was <laughs> was being like, your country smells bad. <laughs> like, And she's like, I don't know what he's up to. We don't really talk about it when we get home and watch the telly together. Like, Also, spot on Dean Ambrose impression. Thank you so much. <laughs> Garrison, like Maria didn't get anything, but Garrison cut a promo for himself. Uh, I liked Copeland's line of you're stepping from below sea level to Mount Everest. I did not, and I'm going to tell you why. Adam Copeland is the biggest heel in the company and I will die on this hill because not only does he come, he just come, he's, he's having a big run in, in WWE. Meanwhile, Christian's having the run of his life over in AEW. So he goes, oh yeah, I'm going to be part of that fun. I, can, can I come and play? I've always been the one who who like made you whatever. And then he just sort of like jumps in and is, I'll take it. And then that that's big heel. He then says in this promo, I just work harder. Um, excuse me. <laughs> Christian Cage has had to work. He's done everything you did, but backwards and heels and not had it handed to him because Vince McMahon wanted to put a blue dot on his face. He's had to work so hard. He's having the run of his life because of how hard he works. Yeah, right. He like insults everyone's dead fathers and, and hits people in the head with concertos and all that stuff. But hey, is it not making uh, Nick Wayne's life a bit better? Except for the bit where he went through a flaming table slash kind of didn't go through a flaming table. That was a rough old bum. It was a rough old bum, wasn't it? And then I'll do an open challenge and out comes this young guy. And then he belittles the guy who's answered the open challenge. What a massive heel Adam Copeland is. I don't think he belittles I think he's him. the biggest heel in the company. <laughs> I don't think And he I will belittles. not hear otherwise. I agree with your other points. <laughs> Someone got real mad at me for, for saying that as well. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, well, he's the biggest heel. He's the heel in this group. And you can't change my mind. Someone got real mad at me for suggesting mm. that as well. Being like, this, that, that. Anyway. Well, of course, everything we say is deadly serious. Well, of course. I didn't think that he belittled him in this because he was like, you remind me of a young me. This is the sort of thing I would have done. And and then when he's like, you know, but you are stepping from below sea level. Like you are stepping up to a huge plate here, Mr. Garrison. Uh, not that Mr. Garrison. <laughs> and now we've gone from family to the Simpsons to South Park. I'm, I'm all about the late 90s cartoons. Oh, we've all known it. Um, and uh, it's, Garrison slaps him across the face and Copeland's like, which makes me like you even more now. Mm. And they had a little match, much like the Sting and Derby tag match. Oh, sorry, the, the uh, ROH tag match you were talking about a moment ago. This is a, a template match mm. of like the Edge. Sorry, Copeland was never in danger, but he gave Garrison enough to make it look like he didn't just squash him. And he won in the end. And then he also gave Cole Carter a, a spear afterwards as well. Everyone goes home happy. Crowd popped massively for Copeland. Yeah, I think the only bit it didn't. I, did, I think the post-match bit was quite unnecessary but i loved the spinning elbow that counted the spear i thought that was really nice like i thought yeah, it was a good match yeah I, I, I enjoyed this uh we then had that flare and sting promo sky blue took on kira hogan which sky blue won mm -hmm. there was a lot of talk of sort of the women's division gathering momentum and i bloody hope so and i appreciate you know diana parato gets her debut all the conversations about mercedes monet which is hilarious at this stage like what's she gonna do um and the match did, I thought, get a good amount of time. I haven't timed it. It might have been as as it always was, but it felt like a decent amount of time. I thought um, they both. I thought the crowd seemed really into it, which was really nice. I also thought they both looked good in the match. It was it was quite nice to see. If if Tony's New Year's resolution is to dedicate a little bit more energy to the women's division, that is massively welcome. Um, and I think there's a case to be made 
at some point for tag belts like willow and stat would be a good mm -hmm. tag team sky blue and julia would be a good tag team you know if they at some point they'll take the tbs title away um again not to i know that we've had a whole conversation about there being too many belts but this is a division that's underserved it's not the same um so uh, look i in principle i agree mm -hmm. i'm not on board for it that there's only one match Oh, no, that, match, that part I agree with that match. because, like, with the fact you got two belts, mm. you don't have time to feature because you only have one match yeah. per show. You can't further that many storylines. No, I agree. Um, so, but then in that case, my counter to that is to to your point made earlier, which was very correct, which is views that aren't about a title. Death. Yeah, more of those. Yeah, you know, no, the, no, I agree. The women's division is, is strong, good. I like that's why I like the Mariah May and Tony Storm doesn't seem to be about a belt at the moment. It probably yeah. will be at some point, but. You know. I'm excited for Deanna Perazzo coming yeah. in. I think it's really good. I, I mean, I'm I'm with yeah. I'm with Ollie on this one, unfortunately, which is that like. But I've been excited about a lot of people coming in. Yes. I, was, I was excited about Athena coming in. Mm -hmm. You know, I was excited about uh, Taya Valkyrie coming mm -hmm. in. So like, I've I've been down this road before. The fact that they're hyping up the women's division so much makes me think the Monet is coming in, mm. or at like, least at the very very least, it's part of them trying to woo her. Yeah, yeah. like it, the fact that they are doing such a like you said on commentary, they were talking about it a lot, makes me feel like Monet is coming in. And you know, if the reports are to be believed, the thing that stopped Monet going back to WWE was money, because mm. she was asking for an astronomical amount that WWE were not willing to agree to because she would have been the highest paid person there mm. and that sort of upsets the apple cart somewhat because then it's you set a precedent with a lot of like becky lynch's contract is coming exactly. up exactly there's, there's i know it's a massively rich company it's the same thing but you can't just throw money at everything because it does set a precedent but but also on the other hand you should as a wrestler you should be asking for the best absolutely you know, so if she is you know demanding astronomical money and tony is going to pay we don't know if he's paying the exact same amount she was asking wwe for bearing in mind the wwe schedule would have been a hell of a lot more <laughs> than the aew one is because you also do house shows mm -hmm. uh, within a lot of that there's a lot more touring that's in a lot of that as well um we don't know what the kind of merchandise is and then this and the other but if they are going to be paying a lot for Monet, they are going to need to put more focus on the women's division because you return need it's a return on investment. If you're spending a lot of money, mm. you need to see that money come back. Yeah, yeah. And I think that you know them talking about the women's division a lot is sort of makes me think that Monet is yeah. is coming in, which means she'll be number thirty in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, women who are coming you got, back, you got Liv Morgan on the outside being like, "You, you!" Like, <laughs> uh, speaking of women coming back, Serena Deeb got uh, a video promo. Uh, I don't know if this was the same one they showed at World's End. It was a similar vibe yeah. to the one at World's End, it, it, at the very least. Uh, but it was very, very cool. I love this promo. Hmm. Um, although I don't appreciate my gimmicks being sold left, right, and center. At one point, she called herself the Professor, and I'm not here for it. She has done that for a while. Don't care. Don't care. I think she might have done it before you did. <laughs> I don't understand. Claudio Castagnoli took on Andrew Everett. Uh, this was here really to hype up the fact that Claudio will be facing Hangman Page on Dynamite. Big thumbs up from me. I'm well up for that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Claudio won. Little squash. Little squash match. I thought him catching him with the uppercuts he was doing a big flipty D was quite funny. You didn't, they didn't really get it, did they? You didn't really know it. Didn't get all of it. No. Didn't get all of it. Um, but I like Claudio. So there you go. Uh, Lexi interviewed Ricky and Big Bill about the sex gods, and they announced that their tag title match is happening at Battle of the Belts, which really feels like a way to just bury that match. Get it out of the way. Just get it out of the way on a yeah. show that no one watches. And then get the belts on Sting and Dark. And do it. <laughs> so that Ric Flair can cost them, and you can Stop put it. that uh, Ric Flair Sting match. <laughs> Um, and then we have, speaking of tag teams, our main event, which was the House of Black versus FTR. 
The gimmick of this being, if FTR lost, they would have to renounce their families and join the House of Black. So they had Dax's wife and child at ringside, also in you know, Dax's home area and stuff like that. So that added a, a great deal of drama to this match. Also, mm-hmm. a lot of heels, George Jacking. Well, it does if you care about families and children. I was just like, <laughs> I, if, hey. if anything, for me, it made the House of Black faces. I, I was. Mean, <laughs> I'm not here to reveal the, you know, the, the text messages that you and I sent back <laughs> to one of each other. But you did text me yesterday with a t- with a twist in the tail. Yeah. I I did i uh was uh, spending time with my girlfriend's family um and it was our turn to try and make her nephew go down for a nap so it's like watch things but i was watching smackdown um and i and i ain't changing the channel kid <laughs> no I, I taught him to acknowledge roman reigns and it was a real thrill <laughs> i can't tell you <laughs> um but no I, I wanted to see uh this this daughter have to watch her father get his head kicked in by a steel chair from house of black <laughs> that's what i wanted look over the christmas period my uh my daughter sat on my lap and attempted to sing let it go um <laughs> boo <laughs> well and it, and it was it was one of the most delightful things i've, I've ever <laughs> been a part of um Anywho, she's a, a terrible singing voice. Well, and um, yeah, I was going to say, it's a hard song to sing at the best of times, let alone when he liked it. She was really trying to hit those high notes. Yeah. I was like, kid. It did a Menzel It did a Menzel struggles. So yeah. Like, you know, what are you thinking here? No, it was, it was awesome. But um, this was just great wrestling. It really was, this Lou. This was so good. Like, this was just, FTR are awesome. Oh. The House of Black are awesome. So they just had awesome in the ring. Like, they were just like, here's all the awesome for you. And they were just like, I loved these four men working together. Mm. I particularly loved, like, the sort of, mini rivalry within this between cash and buddy yeah like you know these are these are two teams that are feuding with each other but there seems to be an extra element in there cash is like i hate him in particular so i want to fight him the most and buddy matthews every like he's the one that annoys yeah. me the most i want to fight him the most so they used to just really go at each other a lot and i thought that was really really great that an amazing moment with the power and glory superplex and mm-hmm. splash dax went to get the pin buddy matthews broke that up by doing a jumping high knee uh to cash to knock him into the pin great great stuff the crowd was super into all of this Mm. cash ignored the ftr rule of no flips just fists and he did a dive and it cost him dearly yeah Um, there were so many like great false finishes to this where i thought "Ah, we're leading into the finish leading into the finish leading into the finish the thing i popped for most in all of this though the thing i got me so excited because i was really really getting into this brody king comes down you're like oh the big monster brody king having that great run in the c2 here he comes the big birdie brody king who makes the save but daniel garcia choosing wrestling over the sports entertainment spooky goths and him like you know that's furthering on from things that happened within the c2 so that's building off from you know that's characters evolving characters learning that's exactly what I wanted from the C2. Mm. I loved this so, so much. And Daniel Garcia celebrating with the House of Black afterwards. Big, big thumbs up from me. Loved this. Yeah, I uh, I went when the match sort of kicked off and I realized it was a good half hour left of the show. I was like, well, settle down because we're about mm. to get some good tag team action from my collision, which is really what I'm after. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I thought it was exactly what I wanted from it. I just I thought it was brilliant. It was it should come to no surprise to anybody. Um you know if dax is going to spend half his life talking about his daughter and how he does this for his family then we might as well use them in a storyline at some point so there we go all that was it was you know against my religion full uh fun uh nigel mcginnis at one point saying man i'm in the company of a couple of nerds aren't i was legitimately <laughs> hilarious because he's he's the world champion wrestler he's the one who's been there and done that meanwhile you got kevin and tony who are like so legit within the industry talking about stuff that happened in 1986 and whatever and it's like 
couple of marks they really are yeah. aren't they it kind of has that, that that is literally the definition of what a mark is they were talking about you know like the anderson yeah and like you know like tully yeah, sting uh, in the, in like the Mag magnum ta's backstage he won the united states championship yeah. and all so i was like yeah nigel gives like couple of nerds yeah <laughs> and it's like shut up and watch the match like what god but like it, it, that was all part of what made it fun for me and then yeah danny garcia is well, he's kind of the guy for 2024 isn't he you know did you see the promo that tony khan cut mm -hmm. uh promo that's maybe giving it the excited babble that tony khan likes to do <laughs> into a microphone um basically being like you're gonna see a lot of this guy in 2024 and it's stuff like this that is the reason why his work in the c2 was really mm. great as you say continuing the idea aligning with himself with the real wrestlers kind of thing uh yeah great stuff great uh great collision main event yeah that is really really good really what this was for me yeah. um so it was garcia making the save uh standing up for pro wrestling and dax got a quick roll-up reversing a roll-up from matthews and they even pointed out it's like perhaps matthews was just slightly too ex like too excitable within the match he overextended himself on the uh the bridge that he mm -hmm. got in the roll-up which allowed dax to reverse it and get a, a, a roll-up of his own but it was a really really great finish Afterwards, House of Black attacked and then laid them out. They held a steel chair up to Dax's head in front of his family, and he gave him the black mass into that chair. Cool visual uh, mm. to end this show. Uh, and then, like, Julia Hart just appears at ringside and gives a 10-bell salute. It's a genuinely quite chilling it was creepy. ending. And, like, she hasn't really... She's been doing her own thing for a little while. She's obviously still House of Black, you know, mm. coded, but she's been off doing her own thing while the C2's been going on and, you know, all the other stuff. So it was one of those reminders that this is the unit that we've got and this yeah. is the re I was, it was it was a really great way to close off the show i thought loved it i thought it was a really really good and it ended off what i thought was a very very good episode of, of yeah. collision like this is i kind of said that it's the template uh collision episode mm -hmm. which is that it's it's a four out of five yeah. show because you had a cracking main event mm -hmm. in, probably featuring ftr and you had eddie kingston and trent's awesome match as well and then some really good squash matches that further characters and stories like mm -hmm. that is the template for and you've won women's match that's your template collision yeah a really really fun show yeah like I it's it's, it. it's not gonna like i wouldn't recommend anyone run out and watch all of it but certainly watch that main event and i'd yeah. watch the eddie match if you get time i think there's a there's an element where um collision does often feel like a show that happens on saturday night that you can watch and um and and not Mm -hmm. really massively focused on and, and and it is rare that we get one where i'm like yeah you want to go and seek out that match but when they do they are usually really solid matches like and it's most of them feature ftr so um yeah well let us know what you thought we've got the poll up now where you can get your uh votes in for what you thought of this episode of collision while we shout out some very special people over at patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk bunch of cool stuff coming this month on patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk this coming friday is the next episode of survival series thunderdome Woo. edition uh, we've got great reception to our first one which is us doing survival series but we get to invite people who don't usually get to appear on the channel much these days so like Stephen Larson from mm -hmm. Going In Raw and SP3 from True Heel Heat and this episode's also going to have Ace Trainer Liam who was on a couple of episodes of TLC with us and Dan Layton becoming the first person to compete in both the live and Thunderdome editions of survival series just trying to break my records mate i've got quotas to fill so that's coming out this friday it's a really really fun episode steve in particular has a tremendous time <laughs> so I'll, I'll just say that um so yeah go and check that out this friday and then i can also confirm later on this month wrestle talk extra 
I've got the winner ooh, ooh. of what it is going to be. It was a two-horse race between Rumble 08 and Rumble 2014. Oh. And Rumble 2014 <gasps> is the winner. Interesting. Well, well that's we... a fascinating one to talk about. Isn't it just? Yeah, it's we'll going be... depth with. We'll be reviewing WWE Royal Rumble 2014. Uh, that'll be at the end of this month. And, th- I mean, this is... It's the... The crowd show. Yeah. This is the show that the crowd just turned on this show. Rey Mysterio's sort of last sort of hurrah being booed out the building. Because obviously people are so into Daniel Bryan Mm. and the Wyatts. The Cena-Orton match that WWE presenting as like, this is the match that the fans want to see. And the fans crap all over that match because no one wanted to see that match in 2014. No Mm. one wanted to see that match in 2009, but we got it a thousand times. 2014, five years later, people were done Mm. seeing that. And then you have that rumble that Danielson is not Not in. in never scheduled to be in mm-hmm. so poor old ray mysterio yeah. and poor dave batista who's come back at a time that he really doesn't need to absolutely his career and like it, it was the template that they had from the rock coming back yeah. you know the the couple of years prior which is you bring back the legend you have them appear at the rot mm. and so they had to then and it's punk it's it's the punk rumble it's yeah. it's punk's final rumble asterisk until you know he came back and it's him leaving that has this you know ripple effect that it's... leads into daniel bryan being part of the main event of wrestlemania 30 he was not supposed to be part of that wrestlemania mm. main event it was supposed to be him versus sheamus and or and punk versus triple h but Triple H then needed a big match yeah. at Mania because Punk walked out. And so he was like, well, I'll face the hottest guy in the company then. It'll be, and I will put Brian on top instead. And not to get too meta about it, but that is kind of the genesis of this, like all that we have going, you know? It is um, a big, big show. Also, it's sorry, I mean, I, I know you wanted to give you some other yeah. thoughts on there, but my <laughs> 2014 Rumble, it's the Rumble where we all liked Roman. Yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. Oh, man, did we want to see Roman win that Rumble? Mm. And he's going through, I was like, yeah, maybe that Roman Reigns fella is the guy. Yeah. Maybe it isn't this Seth Rollins or Dean Ambrose one. I think it is this Roman Reigns. Cut to one year later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts on 2014? I mean, it's going to be so interesting to go back to. It. Yeah, no, it's just that it's like, when I, I've been thinking a lot about this era of, of wrestling commentary and where we're at with the, the industry and all the punk stuff and all the whatever. And just how really it, where did it begin? And, and, you know, the what culture guys who really lifted everything and, and, you know, the format of the, you know, that, that has led to this incredible industry that we have, let alone that the, the wrestling industry itself has. Um, and really, you can kind of pinpoint the genesis of it around this time, you mm-hmm. know, when, when we start being incredibly vocal about the things that we, we really want to see. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, such an interesting crowd mm. uh, at that show. I'm really looking forward to talking about that. So that'll be out late this month. Patreon.com forward slash talk. You get a whole bunch of stuff by signing up there. And if you're one of our $25 and above Patreon player channels, you get your name read out on the show like these fine folks, the Eco Warrior Brian. Loved by Charles Giovanna Passau. Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Infinite Crisis Chris Jenkins. Chris the Cypriot Sensation Patrol. All-Star Chuck Turner. Daniel Sweet Mexican Chocolate Ibarra. A tall, handsome guy who has Golden Life, Delonta Blaine. Dr. Hook, Nolan Evans. All Ego, Ethan Wiley. Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. And No Limp Biscuits here, Fred, Fred Burst. Burst. <laughs> that is your Hall of Fame shout out for uh, January the 8th, 2024. That's also 10 years since that Royal Rumble. So that'd be even yeah. more nice to be doing that one. I'm very excited to rewatch that show.
So let's uh, get into the rest of your remaining chats. We also have uh, the poll results for Hook challenging for the world title. Thumbs up 55% yeah. with the uh, middle being 35 and the rest thumbs down. Overwhelmingly positive for that. Overwhelmingly that's good, positive, good. yeah. Farquhar Force here says the AGPW uh, Triple Crown has three physical belts defended as a single size, which mm -hmm. is what I thought it was. Made the same point on Dynamite, but Pete and Ollie misunderstood my point. Hopefully Hook has a one, two, three Brett's uh, Kid Brett star match. That's a nice, that's a good comparison, yeah. Uh, with three women's title matches, you need at least five matches per week. Yeah, I, I do see the point in that. I am interested though, with the three physical belts defended as a single title, at any point do they become individual belts again? I, that's, that's my thing. I don't think they do, because I, I was reading The Observer on Friday and they were talking about them defending the triple crown championship right so it's like well in that case there aren't three titles there's one title there's one so let's title. put those away and, and just focus which, on this one which title. is why i think it's a problem calling it the continental championship because yeah. it's not it's the triple crown mm. which is supposed to be the triple crown championship yeah but i guess that sort of that means... and if this is supposed to push eddie into the next level where he's still the ring of honor world championship which keeps him down a level you know there's yeah there's... and he's a mid-card guy in in new japan right, right? a, a mid-card champion over in new japan mm. Um, Mo's gang here says great episode this past weekend Eddie retaining I hoped it was inevitable <laughs> but still a great match on both sides the tag with Sting and Darby felt like a perfect runtime. Mm. got a shout out Daniel Garcia I think he's brilliant good matches all around yeah I mean that's I it when, I, when I'm, I'm talking about getting the titles on um Sting and Darby, please hold on comments on the end. I uh, I don't want them to have like loads of bangers. I don't even know how long we have it happen or when it gets put on them. But it because this was everything it needed to be. Sting really did about five things in it. But you know, it's it's kind of an interesting wrinkle in the final ride of Sting. Yeah, and it's I would sort of about this a lot, but like Sting doing this little retirement tour thing is what I saw with Jushin Thunder Liger during his retirement mm. tour, which was just. I got to watch him play the hits. Yeah. And that's kind of what you want to go out there and just go out there and play the hits. Mm. Uh, an unknown username is a Streamlabs error, so please do let our moderators know and they can uh, update the sheet with what your name is. But it said, the biggest revelation on Collision was that Boots the Lizard wants the title. <laughs> Hook does too, but who cares? The show, uh, the show this week felt like SmackDown when SmackDown was just a recap show of Raw. That Boots do what Pharaoh did and Larry didn't. I, uh, I feel like that's I remember that era of SmackDown. Oh, I think this, that's a bit mean to this episode of Collision, but I do see what you're saying. But then you've got to hype the next one. It's a big one, Homecoming. You know? No, I know I agree, and I I get what this this person is getting at, which was yeah, because there was a period of time when SmackDown was just the the drizzling s's of it was mm. just a raw recap, but it was also a show that had a world champion. Yeah, and it was just like ugh, it was it was a bad time to be, to be a, a WWE fan. So I don't think it is that bad. But I do get what you mean, is that we were talking about this on the way over here. Collision isn't a show that has big moments that further big storylines. Mm. That's always safe for Dynamite. Mm. So by that very definition, it sort of does feel like a B-show. If anything, it almost feels like Rampage Plus at times. Mm. But it's Rampage Plus that has great wrestling on it. Yeah. <laughs> so Which is what SmackDown in that era didn't have. Yeah. So yeah. Brett here says Collision was great FTR versus House of Black was amazing I watched worst matches of 2023 and Luke is right Jeff Jarrett versus Jeff Hardy did not deserve to be on that list yes it was bad but it was a badly fun match I was laughing my ass off and it was great fun thank you very much I saw a number of people have a go at me for saying like oh you like that match but you didn't like the zombies match it's like can you not see the difference between one honestly of, no I, I, <laughs> one of those matches being an, an objectively boring match that's bad and stupid and, and the other one having zombies in it and the other one being a very very silly match that knows it's a very silly match and they're having fun with it you just like bad wrestling i don't know what 
If I like bad wrestling, I like the zombies match as well, Dan. <laughs> Although you can go watch Burst Match ever, and I had a hell of a fun time watching that. There match, you go. You see, like, it was basically find the NXT 2.0 main <laughs> event. <eventer. laughs> yeah. Oh look, there's Grayson Waller. Like when uh, Braun Strowman and Becky Lynch are part of the what was it, Adam Rose's Adam, little gang? The Rosebuds. Yeah, the Rosebuds. Yeah. Oh look, it's is that Bron Breaker? It is Bron Breaker. <laughs> um, we've missed a Will Campbell. Oh, I do apologize. I will update the. Uh... I've got it. Did we miss it? No, I did do that one. I don't think you did. Oh, no, we didn't. Yeah. I've got it. If you've got. Uh, the match with Trent is just another notch in the belt for Eddie, who's had a fantastic past 12 months. He started by pinning Jay White clean, as you like, in February for the strong title, to the G1, to the ROH title, to the C2, and now this hot dog. Yeah, it keeps going, doesn't oh, it? Oh, superb. Um, booking like a mark. Sounds like this podcast. Uh, <laughs> says, oh, with the rebranding of TNA, is there any chance Tony Khan put the belt on Samojo to set up an appearance at Hard to Kill? In the past, Tony did have a relationship with Impact. It's not just fantasy booking. This is booking like a mom. Oh, I see. Getting yourself over there at the end with I your little catchphrase. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe. Yeah. It'd be smart for Impact. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would be great for, for TNA. That, yeah. that part, even. That's and also, like, easy. considering there's these sort of, like, mad theories at the moment that WWE are looking to sort of, like, spread their wings and they go, you know, hey, maybe we do want to, like, work with some other people. And AEW just like, no, 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 no. They all work with us now. Gobbling up everything. Yeah, gobbling up everything. Yeah. like, I'm not a monopoly. I'm just working with people. <laughs> it's just a, they're trading relationships. It's not just... I also really enjoy... Um, how everyone how excited everybody got about triple h's special announcement on a thursday <laughs> which ended up just being the money in the bank is going to be in toronto which is fun and about the level of an announcement that triple h was going to make on a show like the preview special but it did have um Tony Tony Khan 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 a announcement. triple h they'd be like hmm i think this tony guy's got some good I ideas would... about how to promote announcements i would love if in all of this tony Khan and triple h just text each other every now and again being like Shall we have fun with them? Shall we tease them? Either that. Do you know what I meant? I'd love it if they were just working us the whole time. Here's my other pitch. Here's, here's my other big brain theory on that. Triple H did that as a rib on Tony Khan, but no one has spotted that. Yeah. They're just seeing it as like, oh, Triple H had a really naff announcement. Like, no, no, guys, it was supposed to be a joke about Tony Khan's major yeah. announcement. No, no, I'm, I'm in on the I'm joke funny, with I'm you. funny, I'm funny. I'm funny. I'm in on the joke with you guys. Yeah. Well, he did another one. I'll figure it out later. Save for a non-AW podcast. Uh, speaking of, Blake here says, this might be a big ask, but is there any chance you can do a review of Hard to Kill next Monday instead of Collision? Considering this will be TNA's big relaunch, they've got a stacked card, and I feel like a lot of people will be talking about it. Well, your second point there is what's going to define that. Yeah. So when we did um, Deadline. Deadline, that was because no one was really talking about collision but they were a lot of people were talking about deadline you know punk was on the show with michaels and there was that really weird interaction that they had and people really liked the iron survivor because god those matches were oh awesome. my god they were brilliant particularly that men's one was so so yeah. great so a lot of us so we were like sure you know let's do this let's see what happens if it comes out it's just like not a lot of people are talking about collision because it's just another good collision show mm -hmm. but there's a load of talking points out of tna then yeah, Why I'd not? be well up for reviewing it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not to belabor a point, but it's fun time to be a wrestling fan because there's so much going on, and, yeah. and and hard to kill and TNA's relaunch is one of them. So uh, if you want it, talk about it. And Moz Gang here is our last one. It's a also want to ask Luke to give us another series of worst match ever. I thoroughly enjoyed all the episodes as I myself am a big lover of bad wrestling. Keep up the great content, guys. Excited for 2024. Reigns from Kingston and Samoa. Joe. Mm. 
Well, watch this space because we have had conversations about bringing back worst match ever. It's slightly different form. We'll probably do it on parts of unknown as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a better home for it. Uh, so we have had talks. We have had conversations. There's plans in the pipeline of what we would like to do with bringing worst match ever back because we'd really like to bring it back. So mm -hmm. watch this space is what I would say. Uh, but that's it. That's yeah. it for this show. Uh, thank you so much. We will be back tomorrow, myself and Dan Layton, reviewing WWE Raw. So I found out what's up. Yeah, please do. Uh, Punk's on the show, mm -hmm. I believe. P Punk, is, Punk is there. Yep. Part time, part -time Punk. Part <laughs> having a pop at the rock for doing it. And Where he's doing it himself. He had to wrestle uh, Dominic, Mysterio. Dominic Mysterio. So he's probably a bit knackered. You know, that's a, that's a hardcore match. Um, oh, but apparently he got really blown up. Uh, well, yeah, because you, you haven't wrestled in ages. Wrestled um, in ages? Then he wrestled three months before. Nah, he hasn't wrestled since 2014. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, Ed got you still got a chance. At, um, I, which I that's, I that's the other side of the rib, which I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Punk coming back. Cody's going to go head to head with Shinsuke Nakamura. Let's get that out of the is way. Is that a match or is it just... I think this is the match. Cool. I, I didn't see Raw last week. So last week on Raw, they came out and they had a segment, which it should have been the match because that segment did not make me more excited for the promo. But that's a Raw review. We'll say we go back and watch it. Um... Chance and Carter defend the women's tag team titles against Piper Niven and Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green. And Tommaso Ciampa battles Finn Balor in a high-stakes matchup. A high-stakes matchup? I don't know if that's the name of, the, of the, the stipulation or if that's just what they're going with. Cool. What are the stakes, I wonder? We'll find out tomorrow, I suppose. Well, there you go. That's tomorrow's Raw. That's what we're going to be reviewing here on the Restore Podcast channel. Same bat time, same bat channel. And then on Thursday, we're reviewing AEW Dynamite. Mm. And then, yeah, next, well, on Saturday, it'll be the SmackDown review. And then next Monday... We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll be reviewing Collision or we'll be doing TNA Hard to Kill. The choice is yours, I guess, in a way. Until then, I've been looking D. Oh, yeah, good point. We didn't do that last week. And actually, does say here's a big reminder here. They're doing their best. The mods are doing their best to make us do our job right. Yeah, like even Annika here says, don't forget the poll. Um, we have a thumbs up 66%. Yeah. With 29% uh, saying thumbs in the middle and 4% saying thumbs down. There you go. That does it. Uh, also, a point here. So we need Tempest reviewing Brett versus Vince. Oof, Brett versus Vince has always been on the long list for worst match ever <laughs> because that match is a stinker. But anyway, that's what we've got time for on the show. Please do press the subscribe button if you made it this far and you haven't already. Give us a little thumbs up. We had a real big bump of subscribers over the Christmas period as well. So thank you very much. We are now under like 2,000 or so from uh, hitting our oh, 85 target. Sick. So yeah, come and join us for that. That'll be a great time. Uh, we're trying to hit 85,000 subscribers. So once we do, we'll be doing a 10 hour marathon stream. Uh, uh, probably watching Royal Rumble, so get involved. Mm. Uh, and leave a comment down below and all that good jazz. I've been Luke and DAD. That has been the Professor Dan Layton. We'll see you tomorrow. Jam that jam. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.